Welcome to The Sisters Will See You Now, hosted by Dr. Keisha and Dr. Maya, two sisters and family medicine doctors. Each episode will shed some light into the world of primary care and answer questions people have for their doctors that they often don't ask during visits. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Sisters Will See You Now. We decided to just put in a short, quick episode. We know that the election is coming up. And a lot of people are having a lot of anxiety around it, feeling very tense. And so we wanted to come just get in your ear real quickly to talk about anxiety and depression and some some positive ways to deal with the way that you're feeling right now around, you know, 2020 in general and the pandemic and the Supreme Court and the elections and it's the wintertime and it's getting dark earlier. There's a lot going on. And so we just wanted to kind of address the anxiety and the depression from a medical perspective and some things that you can do to help deal with the anxiety. And then at the end, we'll talk about maybe some things to think about if your anxiety or your mood um, is something that maybe you should be talking to your doctor about. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with everything that's going on, it can just feel overwhelming sometimes, right? Um, You turn on the news and, you know, no matter what station, you know, channel you're listening to or which side of the aisle you're on, um, everybody is painting it as like the world is burning down um, with this election. And, you know, regardless of what happens, the sun is still going to rise on November 4th. Um, And so I think just taking a moment to breathe and, you know, recognize the seat that you're in and, you know, you're going to be okay regardless. Um, you know, this is something that we're going to get through. Um, elections, Supreme Court, all of that stuff. And then there's also just, you know, the day-to-day stuff and all of that can be hard, but want to just kind of stay in the moment. And that's what really helps us kind of get through anxiety and tension and whatever else might be going on in the outside world, where you are right now, you know, feeling that, feeling safe and secure in your seat right now. Um, and just kind of bringing it back, bringing it back to that. So a few things that we often talk with our patients about to help when you're feeling kind of stressed or anxious. And the first is just walking, just getting outside or inside if it's not safe, because you're in a place where there's, you know, smoke from wildfires, but getting a walk preferably outside if it's safe to do so, Um, getting that fresh air, getting that sunshine, Um, you know, a walk helps with so many things, you know, it helps with pain, it helps with arthritis, it helps, you know, delay, um, you know, dementia, but it really helps a lot with depression, anxiety. In fact, a 30 minute walk a day is equal to a low dose antidepressant. And so for folks who are really kind of struggling right now, that movement makes a big difference. Um, get out and get moving. And if it's not a walk, if you're somebody who likes to run, then get out and run. If you're somebody who likes to lift weights, get out and lift weights. If you're somebody who just likes to, you know, do yoga or something that's more calm and relaxing, do that. But, you know, sitting on the couch watching TV is not going to help relieve not, that anxiety. That's not the thing. Or even... Um, if you like to dance or, you know, whatever you can do as a physical expression of that 
pent up energy, that fight or flight response that your body's going through. You might not necessarily know what's triggering that, um, but your body is telling you that there's something dangerous that's going on. You need to release that energy. So physically expressing that energy instead of keeping all that all pent up inside. A lot of times it feels like it's just in our brain with those racing thoughts, getting outside, moving around can be really helpful. That runner's high is a real thing. Setting off those endorphins, those happy chemicals in your brain is a real thing. So our first tip is get outside and get moving. Absolutely. And no excuses. If you can't get to the gym, that's not an excuse. There are so many free videos on YouTube. Um, take advantage of them. Absolutely. If the next thing is sleep, you know, that is really when your body clears out those stress chemicals um, is when you're sleeping, it processes stuff. Um, and so really trying to get a good night's sleep. Um, and, you know, folks nowadays, you know, with everything that's going on might be having trouble with insomnia. Um, and so some things that really help with that are being very intentional about putting your brain to bed at night. So you don't want to work, 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 and then just fall into bed exhausted because whatever it is that you're working on is going to wake you back up a few hours later because your brain never stopped thinking about it. But you want to set a really kind of intentional routine. Stop eating at, a, you know, a couple hours before bed. You know, if you were somebody who, you know, bathes in the evening, take that, you know, warm shower or change into pajamas. Don't just you know, go to sleep in what you wore all day, really set an intentional kind of end of the day, you know, put on something comfortable, whether it's, you know, maybe you watch TV before bed, you want to turn that off. So you're not affected by the light. You want to put your phone away. Um, you know, maybe no screens, no screens, no screens in the bedroom. Yeah. And you know, those blue light filters, the glasses for blue lights so that you continue to work on your phone. No, don't do that. <laughs> the goal is to not find a workaround for continuing to be on screens and doing work. The goal is to put that stuff away so that your brain can go to bed. Um, and, you know, if you find that you're laying there looking at the ceiling for hours and hours, don't just keep laying there. Get up, go do something, read, write, get whatever's on your mind out. And then when you feel tired again, go and lay back down. Um, something that, that I like to do and encourage people to do is when you, you know, when you feel those thoughts coming, um, that just won't go away to, you know, imagine yourself putting those thoughts on little rafts and sending those rafts back out into the sea. And so eventually what you're focusing on is those rafts floating away rather than on the thoughts that are coming mm -hmm. into your mind. That's a good tip. I like that. I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> Dr. Keisha special. I like that. You can do that instead of counting sheep. Right. You can set the ships out to sea. Another one is really, what are you eating? Uh, when we're stressed, we eat crap and eating crap doesn't make you feel good. Um, you know, the chips, the salt, the sugar, the fat, um, that's not what's going to be, you know, feeding your brain and helping you feel kind of energized. So pull out some carrots, get an apple. Think about what are those things that are really going to be feeding your body in a healthy way. Um, and that's going to help you feel more energetic, sleep better, not have heartburn in the middle of the night. Um, you know, really kind of maximizing that diet and, and not just kind of settling back to those comfort foods. You want those comfort foods to be things like homemade chicken soup, 
um, some tea, even some warm hot cocoa, but you know, not a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Especially not a bag of Doritos, spicy Doritos, Takis right before bed. And then you yeah. can't sleep and you have heartburn. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not what we were trying to get away from those things we want to. Exactly. So the physical things you can do, getting out every day, getting that walk in, setting a sleep hygiene routine so that you're getting appropriate sleep and then eating better. So those are the things that you can do for your body. In terms of things that you can do for your brain, uh, both Dr. Keisha and I recommend a gratitude journal. And what that is, is just keeping a journal on your nightstand and writing down for some people, they rather do it in the beginning of the day, first thing for they their feet even hit the ground. Other people prefer to do it in the evenings. It's part of their sleep routine, helps them relax from the day. But a gratitude journal is just taking a moment to examine your day and writing down something about that day that you're grateful for. And it does a really good job of helping to center you, helping to evaluate what's going on in your life at the time. And some days you have a great day and you could fill up a whole page or a whole notebook with all of the excellent, great things that happened that day. And other days, it's going to be really hard to even settle on one thing. And sometimes you're just grateful for the fact that you were able to finish your cup of coffee in the morning before it got cold, or you're grateful that you made it through a stressful work day. Some, there will be some days that it's really hard to come up with something, but the act of looking back over your day and even trying to discover or realize something that was actually positive in the day can help um, decrease some of that anxiety, decrease some of those mood issues and realize how you're contributing to the world around you. Yeah, it's really, interesting to kind of look back on that, you know, after you've been doing it for a while and then, you know, to kind of remember those small things, you know, sometimes you forget those little things like, oh, um, one mine, one of mine was a crisp morning with a warm fall afternoon. Um, and those are the little things that sometimes you forget about, but they bring, they do bring joy. And so, you know, being sure to, to make note of those things when they come is really important. Yeah. And I think the reason that the gratitude journal works so well is because it's part of this overall idea of mindfulness and mindfulness has taken off a lot recently, I would say in the medical field in helping people take a moment to acknowledge how they're feeling in the moment, trying to identify maybe why they're feeling that way um, so that they can take better stock in what's causing them to feel that way and then how they can potentially change how they're feeling. And so um, mindfulness does a lot and is really beneficial with anxiety and depression, but it can also be helpful with things like weight loss. Um, but in terms of this anxiety and depression, when a lot of times we're having anxiety and we don't necessarily know where it's coming from, it can be really beneficial to take yourself out of the entire world and say, I'm here in this present moment and let me be aware of what's going on around me what sounds am I hearing? What things am I seeing? Um, and really just trying to recenter yourself um, and bring yourself back into the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, exactly. We often find ourselves catastrophizing over the what could be, what will be, what might be. And really in mindfulness, you're thinking about the what is right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, the, kind of another thing is, and it sounds so simple, but 
is it can be hard to do is just to turn off the news for a while. We've gotten to this point where it's like a constant news cycle. And sometimes you feel like you wake up in the morning and you have to turn on the news to make sure that the world is still there. It's still there. <laughs> um, you know, on election day, the results are not going to come back until the night. So there's no reason to watch the news all day. Nothing's going to happen until the polls close. You probably could wait until the next morning, honestly. But again, if you've already voted, there's a political ad, just turn it off. Um, you know, really thinking about, I've heard this news story before, I don't need to keep hearing it again, right? Um, you know, being intentional in how you consume news and when you consume news um, and not letting that kind of, um, you know, rule your life. It's okay mm -hmm. to, you know, turn to a little bit of lifetime TV. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't mean to like say that to block out the world. Um, that's not what I'm saying. You know, we do need to be aware of what's going on in the world around us, but we don't need to be consumed by it 24 seven either. Even those folks who are in the fight all the time, you know, when you look at stories about Martin Luther King, he was in the fight all the time, but he also knew how to take a step, take a step back. Sometimes you just need to relax with your friends a little bit and um, it's okay to do both. You can, you can be in the fight, but you also need to be able to preserve yourself and take a step back sometimes. And so learning how to do that is what's going to really make, um, make you be sustainable for the long term. Absolutely. And this, this current 24 hour news cycle that we live in, sometimes it's easier just to, hey, maybe, you know what, maybe I'll ignore the news. Maybe I will read my morning news briefing and that's enough news for me today. Anything that updates or new important things, I'll read about tomorrow or you'll hear through, you know, whatever ch other channels. But you don't need to be watching the five o'clock news and the six o'clock news and the seven o'clock news and the eleven o'clock update right before you go to bed. And now you're stressed out and now you can't sleep. So <laughs> try if if watching yeah. the news is something that increases something your anxiety, happens, you'll know, you'll know. Exactly. If watching the news is something that increases your anxiety, try to limit your intake of the news. Um, so those are the things that you can do, the physical things you can do, the mindfulness things you can do for that anxiety, for a, a depressed mood. But this is also a, a, a changing season, right? We're in fall, we're getting ready to go into winter. It's a stressful time for a lot of people anyway, as we get into the holidays, daylight savings time is coming up. And so it's going to get dark a lot earlier. People aren't getting as much sunlight. So we get into seasonal affective disorder and depression. Plus people are depressed from being in a pandemic. Plus there's an election next week. So all of these things are kind of mixed in. Everything's compounded compounded because um, they haven't been able to go outside and hang out with friends and family like they have would have liked to. Um, and so we, we think it's an important uh, it's a good idea for us to quickly discuss what normal anxiety and mood changes look like versus maybe something clinical where you need to be getting in and talking to your doctor and coming up with a plan. Right. And so, you know, really the bottom line on, on the difference between it's, it's normal for all of us to feel a little anxious sometimes. Um, and that's motivating. You should get a little bit of anxiety sometimes, and then it should go away. You know, you're almost in a car accident. You're going to feel 
anxious, you're going to, your heart's going to race, you're going to feel a little sweaty. And then when that danger dissipates, that anxiety should dissipate too. When you find that, um, that, that anxiety, that feeling is not dissipating, that heart, right, heart racing, palms sweating, you know, hair on the back of your neck standing up. Um, when that's not dissipating, that's a problem. When you find that that is getting in the way of being able to do normal activities. So, you know, when that anxiety is keeping you from being able to, you know, set foot outside of your house or call people or do things that you would routinely do, that's when that's becoming a problem. We recognize that that can sometimes be a little bit more difficult to suss out now with COVID, right? So people are anxious about COVID. People are, you know, worried and don't want to catch the virus, uh, which is understandable. We don't want that. And so, you know, we are kind of having to be at home a lot more and, and take precautions. Um, when you feel that you, when you are doing all of those precautions and in your house and haven't gone out, but are still feeling anxious, like you're going to get it, even though when you really stop and think about it, you don't have any exposures. Nobody's been to your house. You haven't been anywhere. Um, you know, when that anxiety is, is creeping in and limiting what you can do, that's when it's time to maybe, maybe talk to somebody, um, and do something a little bit more. And that again is when mindfulness is the first step that comes into play, really kind of stopping, taking a step back and looking at the, at the big picture of, okay, I'm really worried about coronavirus. I'm really worried that I could have been exposed and then taking a step back and saying, no, actually I haven't been around anybody. I couldn't have been exposed. Um, or, you know, I've been really safe when I've gone out washing my hands, you know, doing hand sanitizer, wearing, wearing a mask. mask. The people that I'm with are wearing a mask. Um, you know, all of those things can be really reassuring. So in terms of anxiety, like Dr. Keisha said, it's when things are kind of starting to get out of your control is when it's time for you to go in and see a clinician, potentially start thinking about doing counseling. And I would say that that's the same in terms of depression. So a lot of us have been having sort of a low mood recently, especially with the pandemic, the numbers keep going up, concern about who might be in office on January 21st, 2021. Um, and so for a lot of us that can be affecting our mood, the issue is when the depressed mood starts to affect your interactions with the rest of the world. So you're trying to get work done and you can't concentrate on getting a task done, or you're so your mood is affecting your ability to even get out of bed to be able to start your day, or you're so down your mood is so depressed that you can't eat anything or your mood is so depressed that you feel like you have to eat everything in sight and you can't stop eating and you feel like you can't control it. So it's kind of when the, the deciding factor about when you need to be discussing this and whether need, further evaluation needs to be done is can you still maintain and live your daily life or these, or is this now getting in the way and we have to do more evaluation to see if there's things that we need to do. And sometimes you might come in and see myself or Dr. Keisha and we'll say, oh, you know what? It sounds like 
this is what's triggering you. Let's start doing the mindfulness. Let's start eating better. Let's start doing the walk. But also sometimes, you know what? You are in a place and depression is like any other medical disorder. I treat it like if someone came in and sprained their ankle, right? We're going to try some things. You might need some therapy for it, like physical therapy for your wrist. You might need some talk therapy for the mood issue. You might need some medication to help with the wrist pain. You might need some medication to help with the anxiety or the depression. It's not a judgment. It's not a bad thing. It's important that when you realize that that your health is being affected, that you go in and talk to your doctor so that we can do the best things to help improve your health. Absolutely. It's, you know, and it's easier than ever now, you know, with telemedicine to really reach out to your family doctor and have these conversations and, you know, often don't even need to go to the office these days to be able to do that. And this is a great conversation to be had via telemedicine um, with your family doc um, and, you know, encourage you to, you know, really just do those things. Be mindful, walk, sleep, eat well. Um, a little bit of those can really go a long way. Um, and, you know, sharing that with your, you know, with your friends and neighbors. And so Dr. Maya, I think that that kind of wraps this episode up. We're just trying to get in real quick. Um, we know it's a stressful time for folks and, um, you know, want you to just breathe, um, and, you know, really find some appreciation that even in the craziness that is 2020, there are still some positive things and to try and, you know, reflect on those, um, even in the midst of when things seem, seem difficult. Absolutely. So we thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please share it with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, the sisters will see you now, and we will see you next time.